welcome to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone. And that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the barf. <laughs> it's mama time. Hey, my mamas, welcome to the very first episode of the Mama Inspired Podcast. I can't even (laughs) explain my excitement. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for being here. I thought, what better way to kick things off than to share my own story and lead you into what led me here today. So starting from the very beginning... I grew up in a small town of Tipton, Indiana, and I was raised as an only child. I I actually had, I have quite a few siblings, like half and step, but they were born somewhat-ish lifetimes before me. (laughs) So I was raised by a single mom, my mom, Kathy. My dad had actually moved to Texas when I was in grade school, and so I I would visit every summer for a few weeks. And you know, while life wasn't perfect, right? Like everybody else, we, or at least many others, You know, there was divorce, there was a distant father, there was single mom life and all that goes into that. Regardless, I knew from a young age how loved I was. I think that's an incredible thing. From my older sisters to my family that I had created within the community band and tipped in that my mom played in every single Tuesday without fail, my childhood was filled with love and influence of those who honestly had no responsibility to care for me, but who did so anyway. And while I couldn't appreciate these individuals then, I believe more than anything that from a young age, this is when I learned to decipher what true love and compassion felt like. And I believe that it played a crucial role in the kind of mother, wife, sister, and friend that I am today. I was pretty cultured in the arts growing up. Most of my family on my mom's side played an instrument or more than one at some point in their life or another. And my grandpa loved music. And a lot of our holidays are, you know, memories are filled with, you know, grandpa playing on the piano. And it's just really what my my life kind of revolved around as a, at a young age. My mother would take me to concerts and art museums and musicals pretty regularly. And of course, I eventually began to find my own way in the arts. I love to draw. I like to write. But most of all, I really love to sing. This was my this was my favorite thing when I was young. This is one of my grandpa's like favorite stories to tell. I used to go to our local Jim Dandy. And for those of you who don't know what Jim Dandy is, it's a diner. And it's kind of similar to Shoney's if you have any idea what that is. But I would stand on a chair and I would just serenade the restaurant. <laughs> it's, like, it's so goofy to think about now. But Anyway, of course, as I got older, I I began to expand my venues and I sing for churches. My mother would take me around the state. She would set up these like special music opportunities and I would sing at churches and of course then into school choirs and then in 
and high school and to musicals. And then I went off to college and joined. Um, I was I went to Ball State and I was in the Ball State University of Seniors, which is kind of a more elaborate, I suppose, show choir. And that's kind of where my singing career fizzled a bit. Um, I kind of lost touch with it. And now Miles just gets to hear me and sometimes Cameron. <laughs> so just before my first semester of college, I met my husband, Cameron. It was actually at a rock concert. It was Hinder, Pop Roach, and Buck Cherry. And while the story isn't one that I will be sharing with our children until they're like 20 years old, and I'm not going to go into details here either, so sorry, I look at our love story as magical and jolting. We were luckily going to the same college. Miles was, or sorry, Cameron was a year ahead of me at Ball State. And we got really lucky because we were able to look out for one another and essentially grow up together. And I just think that was a huge blessing in disguise. My senior year, Cameron decided that he wanted to join the military. So he went off to boot camp and I finished my degree, graduating from Ball State with telecommunications and minoring in communications. And then after we both graduated, we I followed him to the first station, which was Mobile, Alabama. After Mobile, we experienced a few years in Galveston, Texas, and then ended up in Kodiak, Alaska, where we spent the better, I guess, the, the better half of like the last five years or so. And this is also where we parted ways with the military, which we'll discuss a little bit later. So after college, I ended up finding a job in corporate America. So this is when we're in Mobile at a logistics company doing account management. And then I eventually moved into sales. It was a really great experience for me. Um, you know, it's where I met one of my closest girlfriends. Mobile is where my love of fitness and health really budded. It was an important stepping stone for me. And this might sound silly to some of you, but here's the reason why it's so important. So when I was in college, you know, I would jump on the elliptical for like an hour. I had no idea what I was doing. I thought, you know, of course, when you're that age too, you're like burn all the calories, right? Like I want to be as tiny as I can be. But I, but it really deep down, I really loved to work out and I really loved to sweat. I loved the way it made me feel. And so when I got to Mobile, there was a gym right, right down the street. And so I began going to these group classes and, and with my, my, my good girlfriend, Ashley. So Ashley and I would always go down to the gym and we'd do these group classes. Sometimes it would be in the morning. I was a huge like spin addict in the morning, uh, lunchtime workouts, and then after work, and sometimes like a combination of both of those because I was crazy and I had the time, right? I was young and married, but no kids. But what was really cool is that I began taking moves um, from the from the workouts that I had learned and I would go home or if we went on vacation, I was able to create workouts for myself and it the reason why this is important is it created a lot of uh, accountability for myself, consistency, and honestly, just discipline. But I loved the freedom of it, and I love the way it made me feel. So anyway, I won't go into any more detail. I just That's an important piece because we are going to talk a lot about self-care through this podcast, and so it's, I think it's good for you to have a background there. So like most careers um, out of college, this one helped me recognize what I did and didn't want for myself within my the job life realm. Logistics was intense and stressful. Um, and honestly, I had found the job to be energy sucking and it just wasn't for me. Um, you know, I was tied to my email account. I had to be available in the evening hours and a lot of times into the weekends. And the craziest part about this when I look back is that the weight, it really honestly felt like the weight of the world rested on a single truckload shipment getting from one destination to another. And 
I am a super sensitive girl. And so I'm super sensitive and I'm super passionate. And so if that truckload didn't make it on time, not only was a client reminding me that the weight of the world rested on it, but it was really hard for me to take. And so a lot of blows like that and over time, it was just, it was just too much for this uber sensitive chick to handle. So we ended up of course, going to going to Galveston, Texas, the next station, and then on to Kodiak. And through that, I was able to take this job with me. So I stuck it out. And I was in a place where I was feeling like I should feel really, really blessed about it, right? Like these this company is willing to, to take me wherever and let me work remotely. And they're making this work. And at this time, there wasn't a lot of people doing that in this company. I know it's crazy to think about because we're here in COVID and like, everybody is working from from home if if they can right if, if a company wasn't already down that path they were in trouble and and now <laughs> they will be <laughs> looking more at shifting shifting their their management in this way but i digress so we get to kodiak and i ended up getting introduced to the world of real estate which was a beautiful thing. So it actually happened through the process of buying our first home. We met this incredible woman who ended up being a mentor of mine, Paula. She was a broker at the local Remax office. And so through the process, she began just trickling some interest and it really intrigued me. And so she eventually invited me to join her team and become my mentor. And she was honestly a, she was a huge godsend in her life. She ended up playing lots of roles, of course, boss, but also a, a good friend, a mother figure and a grandma to Miles. Around this time, we had begun talking about growing our family, and it was really hard <laughs> not to get in this place because, if, for those of you who don't know Kodiak, it's an island off Alaska, and it rains a lot. So we would have like one month, two months of like just straight rain, and so. If you didn't have the baby bug before you got there, you certainly did. And then you were just shoved in your house for like one to two months. And so what else did you do? You just Netflix and chill, right? <laughs> Anyhow, so we began, you know, I had begun really seriously thinking that time too about my job life and what I wanted to look like. And of course, I had already had these swirling emotions and feelings about really wanting to get out of this job, but I didn't, you know, it was comfortable, right? It's a comfortable place. You're getting paid. Anyway, so when this real estate opportunity came up, it gave me the flexibility that I kind of had been searching for. And honestly, you guys, I love interacting with people and I was ready to make this transition and, you know, get my energy back, get my life back. So I finally, after a year, I did the thing and it turns out I was pretty good at it (laughs) and I really enjoyed it. I ended up earning the Rising Star Award within like the first six months, um, through my experience. So I had only six months under my belt. And at this point we had gotten pregnant. And so I was pretty pregnant at at this time. And so it was a really big accomplishment for me and, and really a confirmation that I had made the right move. And then came baby. What you need to know is that when I became pregnant, I became obsessed with all things pregnancy, especially birth. I was in this place that I was just so proud to be a woman. I had, you know, I felt like it was such an honor to be caring and growing a baby. And then of course, to be able to get to experience birth. And you guys, I was actually like really looking forward to labor. And I had fantasized about water, about Miles' birth. We were planning on having a natural home water birth with a midwife. And then of course, at 36 weeks, we discovered that Miles was breech. And I had... After time, I really had no other option but to surrender to a scheduled C-section. 
And I promise that I'm going to share more of the details and the full story on this in another episode. But for now, you just need to know that I took this really, really hard. Um, I was, I was really, really crushed. I was crushed for a lot of reasons. One, you know, like I said, I fantasized about this birth. So a lot of it really was for the experience for me, but I also felt really strongly about how I wanted my baby to enter the world. And this is not to say that those of you who don't choose this or want this is any different. It's just something that was really important to me. And, um, anyway, so I took it really hard. But it was also really important and probably the most profound lesson of motherhood for me that I had before Miles even arrived. And that was that you can't control all, all the things. You know, you can't control it all. So this includes the breastfeeding journey. So Miles ended up, we ended up having to schedule his section, C-section. He entered the world on June 1st, 2018. A beautiful day. And I will also say that our birth ended up being beautiful and it was much better than I think I could have ever expected. And so, of course, at this time, so I had finally, going into the C-section, going into Miles' birth, I finally had, I had, I had surrendered to this alternative method of birth. I felt, I felt pretty good about it. And the day went really great. But I, I was pretty determined that, by golly, I didn't get that birth I wanted, but I was going to have these beautiful moments of breastfeeding ahead of me. And then, yet again, <laughs> I was reminded that it doesn't always go as planned. So Miles wouldn't latch for whatever reason. He wouldn't really latch properly. And so, of course, he wasn't transferring. We found this out right around week three. And so we, of course, along with that, found out that my supply had completely tanked. Now, I, I promise I will share more of this story a little bit later. But for now, I'm just going to kind of give you the highlights. So my supply had tanked, but because breastfeeding was so important to me, and I think it was also this like control factor of I did not, I wasn't able to have the birth I wanted. Like I was going to have this. I really wanted to breastfeed my baby and I really wanted those beautiful moments. So I fought, I fought really hard for six months. I spent two months, literally almost an entire two months building my supply back up. And there's, I know there's women over there going, yet know that. Um, I was pumping like the machine that I was using. And, and in the end, I really was only making just enough for miles. Um, we got really, really lucky. And we had these women in Kodiak who gave us donor milk, which I will be forever grateful. They'll never understand just how grateful we were. But we ended up getting donor milk. And so we survived off that and what I was making. And then, of course, after that, right, comes the fighting back to get the transition from, from miles taking the bottle, so plastic, back to the breast. And not only did we have to fight for that challenge, but he clamped. So he had these gummy jaws that were just clamping on my breast. And I'm telling you, it was like we fought, fought, fought literally for an entire six months until one day he just got it. It was like, it was a miracle. So after that, honestly, our journey was, was beautiful. And though I look back and it was without a doubt, the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. It's a story that I'm really, really proud of, and I'm really excited to share with you more about that at another time. While nothing prepares you for the immense emotion that you feel after becoming a mom, I wasn't expecting this new sense of longing and confusion about my purpose. Um, so around this time, and I think a lot of moms experience this, you know, you you become a mom and this is your new role, but, you know, there's so much still that's that's... That, that you're made up of, that you were potentially, you feel like maybe you were meant to do. And these were the kind of emotions I was having. And so I found myself beginning to search for a way to fulfill myself outside of my role as a mom. I have always had a passion for health and fitness. It kind of grew from Mobile. And so when I stumbled upon this beautiful, motivating 
obviously fit mom who had recently experienced a similar birth story, I became really invested in her journey. And of course, this is where my story as a health and fitness coach through a network marketing company begins. I was on my own postpartum journey. And like most of us, right, we're struggling and and doing our very best to fight body hate because you don't recognize yourself after after you have a baby. You go from this beautiful bump. I love my bump. And I had a really beautiful pregnancy. So I was lucky, but you know, I had I had this beautiful bump and then afterwards it's like, well, what am I left with here, right? And it takes time, it takes patience, especially if you're, you know, you're breastfeeding, your body's holding on to all of all of those things. And so I was relearning how to not only care for my baby, but also myself again. And so I decided I was going to become a coach. And it was amazing, really, because I had found community. I found a community of women that could support me. I found the confidence. I began and discovered personal growth. And I had submerged myself, of course, in this fully. And so I was I was grinding. I was grinding as a coach. And I was going to grow my business. I was going to do this thing. And I was going to be successful. And I was going to be able to retire Cameron down the road and... We were going to travel all over the place, and I had this dream life, and I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to make it. And I do think that the word grind is truly the best way to describe this year of my life. You know, I told myself that it was going to be a lot of work now, but in the long term, I would have that life that I dreamed of, and I would be able to be home with my babies, and we'd be financially free. But the only problem was, and I didn't realize this until, honestly, months later, was that I I was working for this life. I was working towards this life, but in the meantime, I was missing a lot of my own. You know, Miles was, this was the first year of Miles' life. And I was missing a lot of these moments because I felt like I just had to do this thing. And it got to the point where life just kept piling on and I no longer had what it, what it took to give everybody else the motivation, inspiration, and energy that I had I needed all that for myself and for my family. Regardless, I still sit in this space where I'm just so thankful for the experience. Like any path in life, I believe it had its purpose. And I believe that coaching helped me find my voice. It gave me an opportunity to speak positivity and truth and real motherhood to women. And I loved being a source of motivation for moms, especially those who just needed a touch of inspiration and and, and to have someone make them feel understood and capable. And, and a lot of that played into why I'm here today, right? So, so to backtrack, at the same time, I started down this new path. So we're talking like, I think it was November. Yeah, November of 2018. We were forced to begin making this transition from the military life to civilian life. And it rocked our family's reality. 2019, I can honestly say, was the hardest year of our lives. We were living with so much uncertainty and fear and, you know, with those things, you know, your marriage suffers, um, you know, and all the while we're, we're trying to navigate this new role as parents and trying to figure all of that out. So, you know, looking to the new year, 2020 was to be this, this year of new beginnings and hope and newfound happiness. So while we began to map out our new life, figure out where we were going, the jobs, right? Like all we, all these things. And we did see it as an opportunity at this point to start a brand new life. And we could go anywhere we, we wanted to go. And we had the freedom and 
Cameron could really think about what he wanted his, his career to look like because he didn't have the freedom to do that before. It's easy to get comfortable, right? Like like my own career story. <sighs> anyway, so through all of this, um, we ended up getting the amazing news that we were going to be welcoming also a new life into our family in the year of 2020. This was an amazing gift in such an uncertain time. However, it was short-lived because we would um, soon learn that I miscarried. Um, you know, I think it's important to note here that I I always knew miscarriage was a possibility, right? I think if you're on the journey to become a mom, or even if you're not, like you are pretty well aware of how common, I have quotations in there, how common miscarriages are. However, there's probably always a little slightly bit of you that thinks maybe like this, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Like I'm, I'm healthy, blah, 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 blah. Well, it happened and we did take it kind of hard, but we moved through it really pretty quickly, I think, because we had just gone through an incredible year and we were strong and we were resilient and we were feeling really hopeful. So I think I just thought, okay, well, you know, I let's check this off. Like I've had this experience. Now I, we can move on and we can, you know, grow our family and be happy. This is also about the time when I just completely abandoned my coaching business. And for all of you, all of my ladies out there, I just, there was so much guilt that went along with this, but I, I honestly, you guys, I could not, I couldn't go on any longer. I didn't have the emotional energy to, to do, to do it all, to hold my family up in such a hard time to plan a new life, to coach other women when honestly all of my energy for inspiration, motivation to stay strong really needed to be with me. And and I needed to take care of my own health and support my husband. And, and of course, then, you know, in Kodiak, finish out my real estate career and take the next step into, into our new life. Just, I needed to take it day by day. So at the start of 2020, we began, we moved, we moved to Florida. We got here in late February and we honestly, we could finally breathe. We were blissfully happy. And I mean it, we were blissfully happy. Miles was in heaven. He loved being outside near the water. We have, our house is an amazing community. We, we were just so happy and we were just feeling so, so hopeful. And then of course, COVID hit. <laughs> like, what? Are you serious? COVID hits. <clears throat> so not only can we not like see our family that we're finally close enough to like make drives to, but then within a couple of weeks of us moving into our house, not even a couple of weeks, we hadn't even gotten our household goods delivered to our house yet. I found out my, my father had gone into the hospital. And, and so um, I go to Texas. And so my dad passed away on March 17th. And then shortly after this, we ended up getting pregnant again. And it felt like it felt like such a beautiful thing to have happened after such a some after you know really truly some dark moments and so we were just we were just so so happy um anyway and of course that was again short lived because we found out that we miscarried again and so you know we found ourselves really confused Cameron had started his new job it was kind of a wacky schedule to start we were confused and we were just really overwhelmed by this struggle that just never seemed to quit and I think I we sat at a place of what could possibly be the reason for so much loss and hardship? Like, haven't we gone through enough? So I spent a few months, again, <laughs> surrendering to the reality of everything that happened. And 
really began redirecting my focus to what was in my control. And, you know, I look back and that's been the theme of my life. I have been really, I've become really good at being resilient and focusing on that one thing and just reminding myself that it's temporary and that a lot of it's out of my control. And what can I, what can I focus on? So, you know, I began to focus on what was in my control. I began focusing on my healing, which I really hadn't had the time to, to do, I was choosing gratitude each day that we were alive, that we were healthy, that Cameron had a job, <laughs> you know, we had some sort of revenue coming in, um, you know, that I could be home with Miles, like what a blessing, what an incredible blessing, and that our family was surviving this worldly chaos the best that they could. And that, of course, at the end, or amidst all of this, that I was still finding myself in a place of hope. And yes, it did take me a little, a little bit of time to get there, but I realized that through it all, I was choosing to see the beauty and to move on from a place of grief and to open my heart what, to what the next plan was for me. So the story you've just heard is, of course, just the tip of the iceberg, really, right? Like there's no way I could fit in, nor would I really want to unveil all of the moments of heartache and trauma in my life. But I think most of us, most of our stories are filled with these kind of moments, right? And they've, they've molded us. And some of them we want to forget and others we choose to hold on to and cherish. And so when I reflect on who I am in the past, I realize that the greatest lesson and my greatest strengths has been resilience. My mother's favorite line growing up, and I think till this day, is this too shall pass. And I believe that I have carried this with me to this moment. So Of all of that, here I am. I have been blessed with so many opportunities to choose growth and resilience. And I feel like this is something that I can share. I can share with you all. And I believe that every step along my journey has truly been preparing me for this this very endeavor. After months of soul searching and exploring my passions and skills, I heard this voice. It was a calling to be courageous and to have faith and to make something from the mess and to acknowledge that it wasn't all for nothing. And that it was honestly for something much bigger than me. That feels really crazy to say. And it honestly just gave me chills. (laughs) There's been a lot of that. So there's a bit more to the story, more specifically the moments that Mama Inspired was born. But we're going to save that for the next episode. So in closing, I just want you all to know how insanely grateful I am for every one of you. Many of you listening to this today have played a really big part in making this pageant project of mine come to life. And even if you didn't know that, (laughs) thank you so much for believing me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing this with your friends. Please do because it starts here, guys. All right. I will chat with you all soon. Sending so much love. Hey, mamas, before you peace out. If what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF, or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy and your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire. And in return, you help me strengthen our mama collective. So we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, mama.